Good morning. We are uh, headed toward uh, the Lord's table this morning, so especially for those of you who are watching online, um, if you haven't already, if you want to join us for communion today, uh, might gather those things before we get to the table. There's an old story told of a wise man who lived on one of the vast frontiers of China. One day, for no apparent reason, a young man's horse ran away. Well, everyone tried to offer consolation for the man's bad fortune, but the man's father, the wise man, said, what makes you so sure that this is not a blessing? Months later, his horse returned, bringing with her a magnificent stallion. This time, everyone was full of congratulation for, this, for the son's good fortune. But now his father said, what makes you so sure this isn't a disaster? Their household was made richer by this fine horse. The son loved to ride the horse, but one day he fell off the horse and broke his hip. Once again, everyone offered their consolation for his bad luck, but his father said, what makes you so sure? This is not a blessing. A year later, nomads invaded, and every able-bodied man was required to take up his bow and go into battle. The Chinese families living on the border lost nine out of ten men that fought in the battle. Only because the son was lame did he and his father survive to take care of each other. Sometimes what appears to be success or good fortune is actually not a blessing. And likewise, what appears to be a terrible event can turn out to actually be a blessing. It's hard to imagine a blessing coming out of a pandemic that has claimed so many lives and disrupted the world. But we might well ask the question that was asked by that wise man, what makes you so sure that this is not a blessing? Maybe that begs the question, what does it mean to bless or to be blessed? The defining word that we're going to consider this morning is the word bless. It is another common word in our Christian vocabulary. It's a word that appears, of course, hundreds of times uh, in God's word. And the scripture lesson this morning is known as the Aaronic blessing, not the ironic blessing, but the Aaronic blessing as in Aaron the high priest. I'm reading from Numbers chapter 6, beginning with verse 22. The Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. So they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. The priests of Israel were instructed to pronounce this blessing over God's people in what was really sort of a uh, identity-forming uh, act. Uh, you hear the word Lord repeated three times. It's actually God's name, Yahweh or Jehovah, spoken over God's people. The priests conveyed God's intention to bless his people, really to bless all people because God had told Abraham that all nations, all people would be blessed through his seed. Those words of blessing were accompanied by God's power and presence. They weren't just words. Aaron, his sons, and the priests who followed were God's representatives in much the same way that we also are God's representatives today. And by that I mean I remind you what the New Testament teaches, that we are a royal priesthood of believers, all of us. We are royal priests of God. We are ministers, servants of Christ. 
The words that we speak have power to bless or to curse. How you speak to your spouse, your children, your siblings, your parents, your friends, has the power to bless or curse. By our words and actions, we are literally tipping the scales to heaven or hell. We are spurring one another on to become immortal uh, splendors or everlasting horrors. Words have weight, meaning, and power. Well, the word bless or blessed can be used in a number of ways to denote various things. Everything from happiness or success to divine, divine favor or fortune. It can mean to revere or consecrate. It can be an exclamation of endearment or gratitude. Bless you. Or if somebody sneezes, bless you. We usually think of blessings as the good things of life, right? I have a roof over my head, clothing to wear, food to nourish my body, good health. Measured merely in material terms, I am blessed. Measured by relationship and connectedness, by the people I love and the people who love me, I am blessed. Measured by education, life experience, intellect and abilities, I'm reasonably blessed. Measured by life in Christ, faith, the experience of God's love, my identity as a child of God, I am spiritually blessed. And this will surprise you. Measured by my brokenness, losses, struggles, the failures of my life, and what they produced in me, I am deeply blessed. So how are you blessed? Have you counted your blessings lately? You know, it might be a good antidote to, if you're like me, there are days when you feel yourself getting negative, uh, critical, cynical. It might be a good time to count our blessings these days. I woke up this morning counting the blessing that it was 16 degrees outside because it's a minus 15 in my hometown today. Now, there are two Hebrew words in the scripture and two Greek words that are translated bless or blessed, and uh, they uh, appear hundreds of times in the Bible, as you might imagine, but uh, you are already familiar with all four of these Hebrew and Greek words, uh, even though you might not realize it. One of, the, one of the Greek words, one of the Hebrew words, rather, is Barak, as in Barack Obama. It's both Hebrew and Arabic. It means to bless or to be blessed. The other Hebrew word is Asher, as in Asher Bear and Asher Daniels. It means to be blessed, fortunate, happy. Are you Asher? You make all of us happy. <laughs> it's like, what? I didn't know my name meant happy. You are blessed, young man. Uh, the Greek word uh, eulageo is, uh, is one that uh, we get our English word eulogy from, which we only associate with funerals, but it's actually just, it means to, be, to bless, to speak a good word, and uh, unfortunately, as I said, it's associated with funerals, but you think about, we speak well of a loved one, uh, we're reminded of the blessing that they were, and the other Greek word is makarios. This word also means to be blessed, happy, or fortunate. It's also the word where we get the, the, the name Macarena from. You know the Macarena dance? So this is a shout out to Marie uh, Voss, who's the dancing queen of Zion, who's probably watching right now. If you know it, join me.
Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, interestingly, Macarius or Macarina is actually the words that are used in the Beatitudes in Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, those eight blessings, that, uh, those phrases that begin with the word blessed, uh, or it can also be translated happy. It gives a whole new twist to the Beatitudes, doesn't it? So, um, but the Beatitudes express the unlikely tension that one can be both broken and blessed. Here are three examples from the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed, or happy, are those who mourn, for they, are, for they will be comforted. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Hardship, difficulties, struggles can be blessings in disguise. We can scarce imagine that, of course, when we're in the midst of it. We would hardly think of them as a blessing, but they may turn out to be so. Because God's desire is always to bless us. And so God lets nothing go to waste. Do you hear me? God lets nothing go to waste. Even our past, the mistakes, the regrets that we have, the things about ourselves that we wish were different, are all part of our journey, part of our story. Failure and fall can lead to greater understanding, compassion, and maturity. In fact, they are almost always necessary for the deeper blessings of God. And if you, know, if you know this, you're blessed. If you know it by experience, you're even more blessed. Some of you might be thinking, but how can God bless you if you are living in disobedience? Surely God doesn't bless sinners and unbelievers. Oh, but he does. That is the scandal of God and his grace. He causes the rain to fall on the righteous and the unrighteous. God is a God who desires to bless and not to curse or condemn. John 3.17 says, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. God's desire is to bless the whole world through his son. Yes, sin comes with consequence. Scripture calls it the curse of sin. But it, is God who does, but it is not God who does the cursing or the condemning. His desire is to bless. The purpose of God's justice, as we spoke last week, is not to punish, but to restore relationship. It is his kindness, his mercy, his grace, his blessings that actually lead us to repentance, that lead us to turn around, to change our minds, to change our hearts, to go God's way. You know, the first time that bless appears in the scriptures is in Genesis, in the creation account. There in Genesis 1, God blesses all creatures, and then he blesses all humanity. This is our original blessing, made in the image of God, made to be like God, and filled with his breath, with his spirit. We are uniquely and originally blessed by God, and the beauty of the world is the first testimony that we are blessed. We're blessed by the beauty and the splendor of nature, of creation that sustains us. Nature blesses us, and we are to bless and care for it in the way, in this way that God does. And we are to bless each other as God blessed us. In blessing creation, in blessing one another, all others, we are blessing God, the source of all blessing. By our words and actions, we are tipping the scale toward heaven 
or hell. Scripture is filled with promises, assurances, and examples of God's gracious desire to bless. You know, I think one other thought that perhaps comes to mind this morning is like, uh, let me say this, God doesn't, God doesn't reward you with more blessings because of your obedience. In the same way, you might ask the question, why are some people more blessed than others? It's not because of their disobedience, per se. God's desire, his heart's desire, is simply to bless. And, and we're reminded of that again and again in the scriptures. It said, blessed are those who meditate on God's word day and night. Blessed are those who take refuge in the Lord. Blessed are those who, who maintain justice, who do what is right. Blessed are those who fear the Lord. We often take our blessings for granted, don't we, until, until they're missing. And maybe that's one of the good things that has come out of this pandemic. We miss being together, connection, and community. One of the greatest blessings in life, I think, is friendship. Too often the church has focused on marriage and family, uh, really to the detriment of, of friendship, which Jesus and, and many others in scripture uh, valued highly. The ancients held friendship in high regard. So one of the greatest blessings in life is friendship. And I'm not talking about Facebook friends. I'm talking about those, those few friends that you may have who know you and love you still. Of course, there's no greater friend than Jesus. I'm going to close with a blessing this morning uh, for friendship that comes from a book of blessing by John O'Donohue. And I'm going to ask you this morning, I'm speaking this to you, I'm speaking a blessing over you. So I ask you to just simply receive this. May you be blessed with good friends and learn to be a friend, a good friend to yourself. Journeying to that place in your soul where there is love, warmth, and feeling. May this change you. May it transfigure what is negative, distant, or cold within your heart. May you be brought into real passion, kindness, and belonging. May you treasure your friends. May you be good to them, be there for them, and receive all the challenges, truth, and light you need. May you never be isolated, but know the embrace of your Anamkara, your soulmate, your soul friend, your spiritual guide. Amen.